Good afternoon, Sticky Lunchers. Welcome to Crikey. What day are we on? No, Wednesday. Wonderful Wednesday. Grand. We're just waiting for the last few people to arrive in the room, as always. Let's give it a few moments to see who is appearing. Good afternoon, Colin, Fabian. Great to see you, Martin. Thank you very much for being here. Mohammed, thanks for being here again. Tim, great to see you. More people arriving. Ah, so, as always, before we dive in, let's make sure the mobile phones, hold them high. Get the little aeroplane lit up. Let's get the distraction zeroed out, 100% attention on what we're doing here and making sure that we're focused on this, making sure you've got a drink available. Let's keep yourselves hydrated, keep your brain lubricated, making sure this learning is sticking. And then finally, making sure that you've got a fresh page for fresh thinking. It's about making sure that you can get down those things that you want to remember, that you want to reread, so you can reignite that thinking and help that help expand those ideas that are coming into this, this new learning that you're going to experience today. Some new faces and some friendly faces. I'm not saying the new friendly faces aren't friendly, but it's good to see you all. Cindy, thanks for being here. Victoria, thank you. Gareth, wonderful to see you again. Ah, I think we are good to go. So welcome to today's Sticky Learning Lunch with me, Nathan Simmons, Senior Leadership Coach and Trainer for MBM, the home of Sticky Learning. And we are the leadership development and soft skills provider to the grocery and manufacturing industry. Idea of these sessions is to help you be the best version of you in the work that you do, wherever you are, whether that's working from home or whether that's in the office or returning to the office, doesn't matter. It's about giving you some new skills, some new mindset that's going to help improve what you're doing on a daily basis. Andy, Andy Palmer, resident expert, HBDI. How are you? Where are we going today? Doing well, Nathan. Rocking shirt, by the way. Thank you very much. Waiting for, the, waiting for the comment boxes to fill up on it, so I thought I'd preempt it. And the funny thing is, I'm looking at this on the camera, and actually, it's, 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 the colour has been muted on my cam on my camera. It's even brighter than that in real life. And there's some hidden flamingos in there. Good stuff. Excellent. Okay, where we're we going today, we are going to build on what we talked about yesterday of what is the HBDI, Herman Brain Dominance Instrument, um, bring it further to life with practical applications. So we're going to spend some time today looking at that, a little bit more time tomorrow. And at the same time, we're very keen to have those questions popping up in the chat box as and when you think of them, and we'll deal with those uh, in the moment. So yeah, today's really about bringing this further to life. Yesterday, and as a quick recap, we talked about this as a psychometric profile to help you understand how you prefer to think, communicate and make decisions. And again, coming back to that point, once you can understand yourself, you can start to really value others around you, whether that's in your team, your professional, your personal life. So yesterday we talked um, about the four quadrants of the brain, our cerebral mode, our limbic mode, and our left and right hemispheres, and understanding that as a metaphoric model, they're responsible for different thinking, communicating, decision-making processes, um, none of which become limited. It is about self-awareness and it is about your preferences to allow you to adapt yourself or be mindful of others in given situations. So yesterday we talked around our four Fs of our blue quadrant being around facts, very logical, very analytical, our green quadrant around form, being structured and controlled, red quadrant about feelings, our interpersonal skills, communicating skills, and yellows for futures, holistic and conceptual thinking. I'm going to go at that just once more in, a, in another way. I'm going to use four Ps this time, he says as he drops something on the floor. 
four p's to bring it alive a little bit further first one payoff it's the blues asking that question of what what's in it for me what's going to happen and it's about that detail and coming into that so i'm going to leave that first p up the payoff second one is about plan for our green what's the plan how are we going to make this happen what are the steps what's the sequential order that uh, we need to take for our red quadrant it's about people who's involved how's it going to impact impact them who do we need to get involved how do i feel about this how are they going to feel about this and then come around to last but not least our fourth p around possibilities and as we talked about yesterday that yellow quadrant being about ideas and vision and the future and um, considering what possibilities thought that was worth as uh building on my four f's bringing in some four p's before we go any uh we get into some good stuff make sense nathan absolute sense and there's a part i think there's an element of there's a there's like you say it's not that we aren't any of or we aren't we don't have elements of all of those things we are we have shades of them and it's understanding though if i'm a yellow you know it's all about possibilities and it's all about the future great and it's just kind of turning up the dial on what's the payoff for those other people what's the plan that someone else needs and what do i need to think about for people in order to make that possibility happen absolutely from a very blue perspective i shared my profile yesterday um i look at kind of return on investment but it doesn't necessarily have to be that it could be return on ideas or return on interpersonal or return on the you know, return on the structure uh, and we start to understand that people just see things in very different ways and measure outputs in very different ways neither right neither wrong it's just about being mindful and that word i use yesterday around tolerance that people see the world in uh, very different ways agreed so how are we going to make the most of this thing? Okay, so um, brief recap done. Moving into uh, practical application. All well and good that once you understand yourself, you can then maybe consider different things. Um, and here's a really powerful way of doing that. We all make presentations. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be something by PowerPoint. It could be a presentation, which could just be a one-to-one -one piece of communication, or it could be a one-page document, or it could indeed be that big PowerPoint deck we're presenting to small or huge groups of people. The key bit to note is we will develop that piece of communication, whether it's written or verbal, whatever medium, um, in a way that we'd want to receive it ourselves. So by default, as a blue, I would want to receive a presentation in a very blue way. I would want to see the detail and the facts and get down into the absolute detail. My audience isn't always blues. So I kind of top tip if for want of a better word is let's try and get a tick in each of these boxes when we're putting together a, a, a piece of communication and try and best limit our risk of it not being as effective as it could be if we don't know who our audience is and at the same time it just as allows us and pushes and challenges us to consider different options so Nathan, i'm going to ask you to bring up uh, let's go to slide number 11. Let me know if you can see that. There you go. There we go. Right, let's go slide number 12 then, because that's not the right one. There we go. Oh, look, one animation as well. All right, so this is about putting a tick in each of these boxes when we're doing that piece of communication. So for our blue quadrant, they want the precise facts, and it is all about the what. It's well articulated ideas but put into a very logical format. So we're talking about data and charts and all the supporting evidence that validates that idea. Blue people also want kind of a critical analysis. They want that good debate and they want time to be spent wisely. It's very much about the here and now. So if we can 
answer the what, we're on a good starter. We then come down into our green quadrant. This is about the how, so it's about that structure. The green, people with a high preference for the green want to see a story that unfolds in a very logical way. They want to see consistency across the presentation um, and they want to ensure that it's low risk. This quadrant here often seen as a little bit foot on the brake and certainly risk adverse. So we want to make sure we're not making anyone feel comfortable by pushing them too quickly into a place that they don't want to go to. So it's about building that plan that effectively opens and folds and around that punctuality and neatness because we've talked about control, incredibly important for this particular quadrant. When we run into my red quadrant, it's about who. It's the people that need to feel enthusiastic by um, feeling what you feel about that thing and understanding the impact on people. So it's about empathy, it's about consideration of other people's needs, um, always being mindful of constantly communicating the impact on people when sometimes we often miss that step. Lastly, come around to our yellow quadrant, it's about why. Why are we doing this? And yellows absolutely prefer far more in terms of conceptual things. They're going to prefer more uh, metaphors, more visuals, and maybe a little bit of fun to really bring that to life. The cool bit is we can try and get a tick in each of these four quadrants, which whatever element of communication we're building, we're really setting ourselves up for success as opposed to limiting ourselves to one particular quadrant and not having that audience also being in that quadrant. Let me pause for a second. Appreciate we're going at uh, a fair rate of knots. No, it, it makes absolute sense. Mohammed's comment here said, yes, that was blue, but according to the P's, I'm more of a green. Now, my response was that potentially there is there is a, a high preference to both of those, or that one of them could, and one of them will be dominant, or that actually based on a stress reaction or under pressure, actually one of those is, is more preferential. Absolutely. And the key bit here is not to pigeonhole ourselves into one of these things. We see it very often in the early stages after doing a debrief, people start going, oh, you're a blue, you're a red, you're a yellow. And, and for me, why that's okay-ish in those very early stages of kind of grasping this as a concept, we are all of these things. We just have preferences. Um, as I showed you my profile yesterday, very dominant here, also quite dominant here. I do this stuff well, but I'm certainly far more left brain than I am right brain. Um, it's whole brain thinking we can do all of this. So to Mohammed's point, yeah, maybe you've thought yourself were here. Maybe, maybe you've got um, so some kind of equal footings on both of those. So I think maybe Nathan, we've got a poll available that we can actually get people just as a bit of fun um, to maybe have a guess at maybe what their uh, what their profile is. We'll see what kind of group we've got, and that helped me maybe tailor uh, what we've got coming up in the next say 15, 20 minutes. So get you guys to put in. Just based on the small amount of knowledge you've got so far, what colour do you think is your highest preference? Off they go, they're already in there. Rock and roll. As they're doing that, Collins um, asked, did the previous slide have some other descriptions on there? Previous slide, uh, the, the one that we had up around expectations of the audience, the what? How, why, and who? Is that the, I think the it was slide eleven? Let's we can slide back there while we're doing that. That's slide ten. No, that's slide eleven. So slide eleven, I think, was the, slide twelve was the one I think I wanted, which is expectations of the audience. The one that did actually pop up was the canopy. Um, okay, yeah. Maybe we'll, let's spend a couple of moments on that, just because it's not right to kind of put something up and then take it away, but. Uh, Okay, let's close out the poll. So just looking at the poll at the moment, we're showing us 40% so far think they're blue in our audience, 10% yellow, 
um, and 50% red. Nice. A, lot of, a lot of emotions out there and a lot of analyticals out there. Good. Well, I'll give all the reds a nice big cuddle and hopefully um, they feel good about uh, us. And for the blues, yeah, maybe the way I am communicating is resonating with you because we talk on a very similar um, uh, plateau. Okay, so yeah, maybe for Colin, but also for everyone, that may be the slide that had uh, inadvertently popped up. These are not descriptive words. Um, I like this slide because it's almost the opposite of what uh, people actually are, but it's about how they can appear. So I can myself appear rigid, uncaring, a bit short term in my view, but of course I'm not those things. Uh, and likewise, yellows could maybe be seen to be uh, a little bit of daydreamers. They're the people in the office, they're staring out the window into the beyond and thinking, oh, look at Bob, he's off out daydreaming again, but he's not. He's got some really deep conceptual thinking going on. When he comes back in his present, he's going to have an idea or he's going to have a solution to something or he's going to have something that's going to be seriously powerful. We, as just humans, are quite quick and maybe far too quick to judge people. Um, and that's just not right. We've got to become tolerant of others and to see them for who they are uh, and to be uh, to maybe might be far more empathetic towards them and um, I mentioned yesterday kind of my wife and I sometimes going a little bit head to head um, true story um, my son comes home and uh, he said to Dylan I want you in by uh, 10 o'clock and Dylan walks in at two minutes past 10 in my world as a blue he's late it's two minutes but he's late my world's a bit like a light switch it's kind of on or off right or wrong there's very little gray in the middle so I say D come on mate you're taking the mick said 10 o'clock you're late my wife would kick in and go well, hold on a minute. And she's coming from this point over here. The main thing is, he's home and he's safe. So she kicks in as the defense lawyer for the kids. Suddenly I'm in trouble for him being late. She's absolutely right. The main thing is he is home and he is safe. It was only two minutes, but I saw those two minutes, regardless of whether it was two or 20, as being late. I have to keep myself in check at times to go, actually, I've got to see a broader perspective. Mm. Mohammed's come in and he made a suggestion. I don't know if you've got any answer to this one, but it may be a good idea to say some famous people's names and their dominant colours. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I've got a slide. So let me dig that slide out for us tomorrow because there are a whole host of um, very famous people. Why they haven't necessarily completed this profile, be it you know, millions of people, genuinely millions of people have, um, we can make some very good assumptions on uh, certain people sitting in certain quadrants. I'd love to share that with you tomorrow. So yeah, if you're okay, give us uh, 23 hours and 45 minutes and we'll share that with you. Great. You and, then the other, and then the other one was, is President Trump blue? But no, I think he's actually a shade of orange, but I think that's his spray tan. Um, but we're going to leave that one right there. So where are we going next, Andy? Okay, good. All right. So just finishing off the expectations of the audience. If you're unsure who they are, try and get a tick in each of those boxes. Um, we've got some slides we can share. There's, of course, a lot more detail on, on the website, and we're going to share that link with you. You can get into setting yourself up success by more, better tailoring that content to resonate with your audience. Cool. Right. Uh, where are we going to go next? Let's talk about communication, just because we kind of uh, hedged into it a little bit back there. So looking for a slide, I think it's going to be slide 10, so I'm going to get you to go back up our deck, Nathan. Yeah, there we go, brilliant. Very busy slide, apologies if it's quite hard to read. What I'll do is I'll walk us through it and then maybe if people want a copy of this, we, we can absolutely share it with you. 
Communication between the quadrants, so blue to blue, yellow to yellow, green to green, red to red, particularly free flowing. This is the most, um, or let's say the least difficult type of communication because people are typically on the same wavelength. It can sometimes get a little bit competitive, so yellows might try to out-yellow each other with ideas, or uh, blues might try to out-blue each other with an Excel formula that's this long, or I can make one that's this long, and you get the idea. That's where it's the most free-flowing. It then starts to get a little bit more difficult as we move down. So left hand to upper to lower, and right hand upper to lower. It's still supportive, it's still on that same wavelength. We know that this is very much a more uh, logical, rational side of our brain, this is far more creative, emotional side of the brain. Um, so we can see why some misunderstandings can kick in, but actually most of the time it's just still more, far more free-flowing. It gets a little bit more difficult as we come down again, so we're talking of our, kind of our upper cerebral modes, left and right, and our blues to our greens and vice versa here. This is where it can sometimes get a little bit more sticky. Um, my example here is one of my colleagues, super yellow, fantastic ideas person, brilliant ideas. Andy, I've got this fantastic idea, loving that. I go away and try and work on something, but I'm taking a very conceptual brief. I'm taking this vision that's very clear in their head, but may not necessarily have been articulated in a way that I could take away, go back, create it and come back and present something. And then we go, oh, that's not what I was thinking of. So we've learned over the time that we've worked together, the more detail I can receive in terms of the brief, the better. And the onus also on me to ensure that I'm questioning at the appropriate time and in the appropriate way, the clarity on what's going on up inside that yellow idea. And again, examples would still pay across down here as well. We've got to take ownership on both sides, whoever's sharing that piece of communication and whoever's receiving it and making sure we're appropriately testing and questioning to ensure that we are and have always got a good level of understanding. Coming down into the most difficult type of communication, that's our diametrically opposing profile. So blues to reds, yellows to greens and vice versa. This is where it starts to get a little bit more sticky because it can come a bit more confrontational um, and misunderstandings absolutely do kick in. I mentioned this quadrant earlier about being um, kind of foot on the brake, a little bit risk adverse. This is the absolute opposite. It's foot on the accelerator, let's go for it, let's take a chance. So you can start to see why these two can go wrong if people aren't bought in and feel comfortable and given time to explore what that looks like. And likewise, it can work the same from this up to here. These guys could get, and girls, could get a little bit more impatient or feel like they're being hampered in terms of creativity being stifled. And likewise here, and we've talked about this a couple of times in my personal examples, logical, unemotional, more emotional, and maybe not as logical. So you can see where that can absolutely lead to misunderstandings. The important bit is to one, have that awareness that it can be more tricky at times, and two, then consider how you can adapt your style to more better meet that person, uh, more of a level playing field. Pause there. Makes sense, absolutely. And, you know, whether, whether you're delivering training or whether you're in a meeting or a presentation, it's about making sure that you're checking off as many of the variables and to to not just express it from your point of view, A, you know, know your audience, and then B, you know, tick those boxes with a certain amount of certainty. You're, you're bringing all of the people on board, not just alienating three to your, your own preference. 
Absolutely. I think that's why the expectations of the audience part that we first talked about, whether that's something you're uh, physically creating or digitally creating to share, coupled with the verbal communication of really important stuff, then those two go hand in hand and become super, super powerful. Great. Good. Any thoughts or questions coming back in from our... Uh, very Only one question. One request to come in there from Colin, he'd, say he'd like a copy of this slide just so you can see how the communications, um, the variables in communications. Sure, no problem, we, we can send that out afterwards, appreciate it is a, uh, a quite a uh, busy slide. Mm. So where do we see this working well then? I think it's those, uh, where I've personally seen it working well is, is, is those teams that have taken this stuff on board and brought into it, giving them that common language where they then can start to understand the context that other people have got, they start to see their own personal blind spots and they start to work far more effectively together because they know ideas are going to come from here, they know the validation is going to need to happen here, they know the stages and the process can happen here and then the impact on people and they start to be more mindful of all of these different areas and as a team they just take themselves to the next level both in terms of the tolerance that they've got for each other but also kind of working to each other's strengths and helping them uh, as individuals and more importantly as a wider team just get so much more uh, effective. I mentioned just they've got some fantastic clients that have this stuff up on the wall in their offices with all their kind of names or photos of each other. Uh, we've seen guys and girls where on their desks they've got their kind of their profiles displayed so as people are coming up in those early few months of trying to remember everyone's different profiles, really bringing it to life. And it is about bringing it to life. It's, it's something that can just pay out for the future with uh, some really powerful team development. Amazing. And Ray Dalio, which is a book on my bookshelf somewhere, there it is, right there, um, actually did a system in his company, in his original company, where they have baseball cards. And they did yes. a lot of different profiles and in that you would know exactly who you were speaking to so you could before you went and had a meeting with that person or you're going to be in a certain department you could pull up that person's details and see exactly where they were on any different profile so you knew what you needed to include in that conversation so that person would actually hear what you had to say that's brilliant and i think um, yeah, where i saw it not done so well was with um group people they, they had uh, skype as uh, their kind of internal uh, one of their internal communication devices they would put the color the primary color um, of the person around that person's photo in the kind of the mini picture it was okay but again we were starting to pigeonhole people to just one particular quadrant we are of course so much more than that so absolutely we've got to come at it from a uh, a whole brain perspective. Um, so to that point, kind of, when you get your profile, you understand that your preference code. So for example, I'm a one, one, two, two. I've got high preferences over here, moderate preferences over here. Or if I was really particularly low in say the red, I could be a one, one, two, three. People then just in those four digits, one, one, two, one, or three, two, one, four, whatever that may be, there is no four, sorry, one to three, high, medium, and low preference, can immediately see my preferences um, not necessarily in a color spectrum, but just in a very simple uh, four digit code. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. No other questions coming through. How else can we make the most of this? I think it's there, there are a whole host of, of various different ways. What I'm quite keen not to do is go, right, let's talk about audience expectations let's talk about communication let's talk about this because ultimately you get bombarded with so much stuff 
um, you're not taking none of it away. Sometimes absolutely less is more. Give, give me a time check, Nathan. Let's see where we are for time and then... Uh, 24. All right, so we've got six minutes. So the, the reality of us trying to get in something else may do it a disservice. Where we're going to ultimately go tomorrow is maybe talking about something like um, feedback. We can get how to deliver more effective feedback to people using this as a model. Um, and again, we know the importance of that. For, for now, maybe let's see what other questions people have got out there. Bit of a refresh on what we've already covered either yesterday or today, or any specific questions that people have got. Maybe we'll use that last five minutes to, to maybe now some things that are relevant. Amazing. So yeah, any questions that we have right now from any of us, get them into the question box. Let's light the question box up with any ideas or concepts you want some more detail on in the chat box though. If you have not already signed up for tomorrow's session because Andy was talking about feedback, now, tomorrow's session is going to be a beautiful inroad into what we're going to cover next week, which is all about feedback. So if you have not already signed up for tomorrow's session, if you have still to sign up for next week's session, the link is in the chat box now. Click there. Make sure that you're in that class, uh, in that space as well. And if you know someone else that would benefit from being there, share that link with them so that they can attend as well. Super important. Um, are there any language indicators that will give you an idea of preference? Language indicators, yeah, okay, that's that's a great one. So yes, and there are some, again, maybe we'll cover it in a bit more detail tomorrow, why we can't kind of say to various people in our world, oh, do you mind filling out this profile before I uh, talk to you? There are absolutely certain tells, a bit like kind of poker, we have those certain tells. So we'll share a little bit more about that tomorrow, um, but it's the stuff that I think you're gonna kind of go, oh yeah, that makes sense. These guys down here, they're gonna use words like, that feels like the right thing to do, or I feel we should go in that direction because it's coming from a, a real kind of feeling place here. Whereas these guys would absolutely stick with detail in 15 decimal places. These guys are gonna talk in uh, maybe some more metaphoric language, uh, ask questions that don't necessarily have answers to them. Where these guys would be far more concrete in their language, seek questions or ask questions that have concrete answers. So there's a whole host of tells uh, that you can look out for when you're starting to, to kind of maybe consider who that person is that you want to talk to. Hoping that starts to answer your question, but absolutely, let's get that into, let's get into that in even, even more greater depth tomorrow. Nice, that's good. Uh, we've got another one today to practice um, uh, with my boss. He asked if he's seen this coming. Team responded as they, you know, they knew he would like to. Um, except I didn't, I learned later that he was very upset. I think if I'd known my boss's color, I would have, have had little trouble with him. So, you know, it is, I think what they're saying there is actually if they had a little bit more of this guidance and a little bit more of this viewpoint pr prior to the conversation happening, they would have been able to better manage the way that conversation went. Absolutely. Sometimes you need to do that, you know, what happened, let's make sure it doesn't happen again. Come on this side. Whereas this side is a little bit, well, we understood what happened, what could we put in place to prevent it happening again in the future? And we consider these different coordinates. What was the impact on people by that thing or whatever it was? We've got to come at it from different perspectives. And at the same time, if we're unsure, tick in each of these boxes. What happened? How did it happen? Why did it happen? Who was the impact? Uh, and we're setting ourselves up again, I think a little bit more uh, way by knowing that certain things will resonate with people a little bit more than others. And then maybe building on that as we spot those hot buttons of, all right, tell me more about that. Or maybe we're covering a particular uh, part of the equation. Mm. 
Yeah, good. And it is about ticking those boxes. Before, there's another question come up with you. I think it was a great question to ask. Before I ask that though, just want to let you know, if you haven't had the HBDI um, profile and you would like to get your profile done, we're going to get the link in the chat box for you there. You can go and get that done as well, just so you can get some more depth of clarity on yourself and the way that you interact. Super useful. And um, Link's coming up for that now. Um, Martin's asked, is there a right proportion to have in the team to make it successful? Is it a 25, you know, uh, 25, 25, 25 split? I, I, I don't think there's a, a real hard and fast answer, which was a blue, maybe I'd love to say, yes, you know what, 25, 25, 25, 25 would make perfect sense. We can't always structure our teams uh, to get that. You know, that said, some clients we work with do use this as part of their recruitment process to bring in people that, strength in certain areas they don't have much on so so yes i think you want to balance the important thing is we can do all of this it's just about the effort we make to move into areas that maybe feel a little bit more com comfortable to us but but certainly having a good balance super powerful grant you know, a question from me actually to change the steer of that how would it help if you had clarity on where you are on this profile how would it help you in your job how would it help you in your relationships with your significant partners um, how would it help you, you know, deliver on your projects if you had that sort of clarity? Let me know in the questions box, how would this help you? Um, another question has come out here is how do you make sure that this tool will not use for discriminating people or be misused? Absolutely. This is about preference. As I mentioned yesterday, it's not a measure of competence, it's not a measure of personality, and it's not a measure of intelligence. This is just about preferences to how we think, communicate, and make decisions. So at no point should it be used to assess people from a point of view of they don't fit. It is just about understanding and tolerance. Well, for me, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, for me, you know, is again, you go back to that confirmation bias. So if I'm interviewing someone, oh, I'm going to interview someone that you know, looks like me, sounds like me, works like me, I end up with a whole lot of me, and I'm a very future-based person, I'm very results-orientated, and then what you end up with is lots of people trying to out-yellow each other in that space, um, and it becomes very confrontational rather than having kind of a, um, not an even spread, but the right balance to make that team work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Balance is good, and at the end of the day, this is not about pigeonholing people, it's about understanding people um, understanding ourselves and then being making those efforts making those acceptances to to, to, to to use our whole brain which of course we can amazing conscious of time we have hit the half past mark in there as well the one thing that i've just been reminded of there is a 10 percent discount code there so if you want to get your profiles done if you want to understand where you are in this assessment in this personality profiling. Is that personality profiling? Is that the right language for Andy? Not, not personality, because it's not a measure of that. So thinking okay. preferences, uh, assessment, um, I think it's good. Um, so yeah, that 10% code's there. And I will say thank you to those people that did sign up yesterday and brought yesterday. Uh, that was cracking to see those coming through. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, ensuring that this uh, comes to life for you even more. Brilliant. Thanks very much, everyone. It, there's no more questions. If you do have any more questions that come in tomorrow, make sure that you keep them, get them in the question box as soon as we open the doors, and we'll start going into those immediately tomorrow. Andy, thanks very much for today. Pleasure. See you everyone tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow.